want to demonstrate something of this table today. The first six months of this year, first three months of this year, dealing with this theme at the table. What it means to be, have a place at the Father's table, to be an heir, to be a son, a daughter. What you can expect when Jesus came to the very end of his time. He made sure that he had that covenant meal with them. As a tradition of the church, we have kept this covenant for years and years. I want part of that demonstration. Oh, wow. Amen. They're getting it done. Praise the Lord. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. He just sat down. Wow. Wow. So that means that those of you that were standing, someone has made a way to help you to complete that. And, and I want you to give God thanks for those that helped you, which is really amazing. I don't think we've ever done that before, have we, sweetheart? I don't think I've ever done that before. I think this is the first time. I have no one standing but the ushers. I mean, no one else is standing. I mean, if we're going to get it done right now, use the app, you know, use the Metro app. Get it done right now. Woe be unto you if you ask for help and you don't do with it what you thought you said you were going to do. That's a whole nother thing right there. When I count to three, I want you to explode in praise and thanks because God is completing a corporate first fruit for us and what that means. One, two, three, give him praise. Hallelujah. That's the name of the Lord. Yes. showing me just a month ago he reminded me by the way if you haven't got the book the good do we have a picture of the book Ken the principle of first fruits when, when I when I did this book I, I didn't realize something I put in the book that I didn't have a fully a, a, I didn't have a complete understanding at least not like I have right now but you remember when you remember when when the Lord said, I'm going, Joshua, I'm going, I want you to go forward and take this people into the land of promise. And the, and the day before all that occurred, Joshua is pacing back and forth like any young general would who'd never been the lead of all the people. Lives hanging in the balance in his hands. He's pacing back and forth trying to get an answer from the Lord it really is amazing because a person appeared to him. Joshua knew he was a special person. He just appeared. And Joshua probably, didn't, the text doesn't say this, but I would not doubt that he goes for his sword and says, whose side are you on? 
theirs or ours? The response of the person was, no. <laughs> I'm not on any of your side. Whew. This person, the angel of the Lord, we believe it's God showing up to talk to him, to give him assurance of what to do. And sure enough, the angel tells Joshua exactly what to do. You can find this in Joshua. Look, 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 read the first six chapters of Joshua. It's an amazing story. But what's powerful is I tried to find, Robert, I tried to find where God told Joshua that, that, that Jericho was a first fruit. I never found it. If you find it, will you please inform me so I won't be embarrassing myself in front of the world? Because I looked, I looked hard and heavy and never could find it. I realized that it was Joshua who said to the Lord, this city, this first city belongs to you. And turned around and said to his people, when we take this city, don't take anything from it. Keep none of it for yourself. Joshua understood that if I, if I give the first and the principle of first fruits is give the first and the best. Jericho was the biggest city. Had the most commerce. The most fortified. That city that they took and it was the first battle. Joshua said to the people, look, whatever you do, when we, when we take this city, don't take anything for yourself. It is, it is, it is, it is banned. It's, uh, the term is, it's under the ban. It, it, the term refers to, it's cursed. It's cursed for us, but it's a blessing to God. What I, what I hadn't seen is, somebody said, well, that's just tithing. Don't touch the tithe. No, can't be tithing, saints, because tithe means tenth. So if Jericho was a tithe, that meant there were only nine other cities to take. As my friend who fights said, that's ludicrous. <laughs> so Jericho was a first fruit, not a tithe. Which means... You can't get the rest of the cities until the first one is given to the Lord. Wow. But excuse me, this was a corporate thing, not an individual thing. Individual in the sense that none of them would take anything from it. But it was corporate in its, in its, in its, in its, in its scope and in its impact. It had a corporate, it had a, it had a corporate blessing, promise attached to it. The whole nation was going to profit because of what they did with the first and the best. So the Lord begins to talk to me. He says, what happens if, if you start thinking corporately? What about if God looked at the, 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 the first fruit of all of Metro? What if the future of this church, the prosperity, the increase, 
The two things you, you need, resources and souls. What if it was weighed in the balance by God looking at the corporate so that everybody who promised completed their promise? How many of you have the faith to believe that this time next year? Yes, sir. Jesus. If you believe that this time next year, you won't recognize what you see right now because of the increase both in souls and resources. Get on your feet and begin to give God praise and make sure and make sure and make sure and make sure you do everything you promised God to do. My God, my God, my Lord. this covenant meal together before we go and I need to say this to you because when the Lord when the Lord started this it was a tradition but he touched the tradition and he made it the word we use is sacrament the word sacrament actually means a holy moment it's uh, it's it's quite powerful there's several we have in the church the Lord's table is one of the one of the one of the most important. Baptism is another. Dedications are another. Ordinations are others. It's it's a a God moment, a time when God manifests His grace. Okay, so the, when the Lord instituted this, and you can find this in Matthew, you go down to the very bottom, go down to the 20, 27, 28th chapter of Matthew. It talks about this covenant in fact Jesus calls this meal uh, this is the new cup this, this cup is the new covenant in my blood he, uh, he, uh, he, had this, he had the cup and he had the bread and he said this, this bread is my body Jesus is talking. They're all sitting around. He's not, he's not been crucified yet, but he knows what's coming. Can you imagine? He knows what's coming. Yeah. And they're sitting around, and, and, and they always enjoyed each other's company. This time it's a little more tense because his life has been threatened. His popularity has turned. And he knows he's going to walk the path of the will of the Father, which was the word we get excruciating, crucifixion. That's, that's, it comes from this word excruciating. He was about to go through that. And so he establishes this meal. And he says, this is the cup. This cup, this fruit of the vine. This is my blood, he said, which is poured out for many. He said, this is the cup of the, and he said, new covenant. So I felt that um, I, I was in it this morning. I'm going to spend some time, not now, I'm going to spend more time helping us to understand the significance and the power of covenant. 
What you just did a few moments ago when you looked at your brother and your sister and they said, I have a need that's going to impact us all. And you just took it on yourself. Nobody made you. You just decided, I'm going to help you. And what is, what is, what is my reward? Whatever, whatever God might wants my reward to be. But I'm going to help you fulfill what God wants all of us to do. It's a, it's a covenantal. By the way, there is no word in, a, there's no word in the English language that matches this word called covenant. It is unique in and of itself. There is no other arrangement like it. It's greater than contract. It is a contract, but it's greater than that. And I will, I, by the grace of God, I want to break it open. For, once I break this open, all of you, how many of you are married in this house? If you are married in this house, raise your hand and give God praise like you're really happy. Like you're really happy. See? That's one reason why the singles a little bit, you know, a little bit, oh, I don't know. Because y'all don't act happy enough. They look on your faces and they say, what up? You know, when you come back, they want to look and see if you're right. You know, you look at, they, they want to know, do you still touch each other publicly? Uh, excuse me. You understand what I mean. Uh, they they want to know, do you still smile at each other? They want to know, is it what it, what it is? Is it, is it is what it is? Are you faking there's nothing in our language like the word covenant. Honestly, saints, it's so real, so awesome, so awfully awesome. Until when you get it, one of two things happens to you. Either you are deeply saddened because you realize you have not met it. Or you have broken it. Or you, you, your heart melts when you realize somebody, somebody thinks of me this way. So Jesus wanted to make a point that he said, this is, the, this is the cup of the covenant of my blood. In my blood, he said, it's poured out for many. This is my blood. And it's, this cup is covenant. It's an arrangement. One, one, of the, one of the best ways to understand this word is to look back in the end of incredibly detailed pictures of the Old Testament to get a picture of what he means when he says covenant. I think it will suffice just to tell you that when the, when the Lord came to Abram and cut covenant with him, it was so dramatic. It was shocking. I'll, I'll tell you that even the Old Testament scholars, they, they're shocked when they unravel what God did with Abram. It's amazing because in the Old Testament there are certain levels of covenant. One of the, uh, one of the covenants you would make is uh, two equals are making a covenant with each other. They're equals. That is man to man, uh, brother to brother, yeah. you know, king to king, you know. That's, a, that's, that's one kind of covenant. And uh, we both have, the, basically we both have the same abilities you know, he has got power, I've got power, he's got strength, I've got strength. But when we come together, that's multiplied. But basically, you know, it's like equal like this. If, if you break the covenant, you know, hey, if you break the covenant, then the curses of the covenant come on you. If I break the covenant, then the curses of the covenant come on me. So what they, they worked, they, they actually walked it out. And the way that, that they walked it out, they would take an animal. If I'm coming into covenant with you, they take an animal and they cut the animal into pieces, cutting it. By the way, cover, tell your neighbor, covenant is bloody. 
Oh, Jesus, do I know it's true. It's so bloody until you, there's many people today don't want anything to do with it. I'm convinced it's one of the reasons why there's such a lower percentage of people getting married. Because they instinctively sense something that's very deep. They would, cut, they would cut the animals into pieces and they would place one half of the animal here and one half of the animals here. And the blood of the animals would flow together. And, the, and here's the act they would do. They would walk between the animals, stepping in the blood. And one would be one way and one would come the other way. And as they passed each other, they would make proclamations. If I, woe be unto me, if I ever break this covenant, may I be split into like these animals. What? What? Yeah, oh, it was the, it was the real deal. In American history, we talked about covenant by demonstrating with, what, 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 the, what the native the natives of this land, we call them Indians, what they did, they, they had such a thing as blood brother or blood covenant. They would slit the wrists and then they would tie the wrists together. It was a symbol of their blood flowing together that they are no longer, they are no longer unrelated. Now they, they, since they share blood, which is the most sacred thing of life, we now are related forever. Not only are we related forever, me, my wife, my kids, my cousins, all them, my babies, my grandkids, all them are now related. Y'all ever heard of the Hatfields and the McCoys? That's called Broken Covenant. They fought each other for more than 100 years. They still fighting each other. I understand but in them heels. They're still fighting each other. So when Jesus said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, it was as serious as he could get. Time won't let me this morning, but I'll break it open even further. You would not believe some of the things that the scripture unfolds about what it means. And when you understand, then when Jesus said, take this and drink it, every one of you. When he says, take this, this bread, he broke it. By the way, you can't get blood out the body till you break it. That's what the crucifixion is about. He take it and eat it, all of it. Drink it. It's in my blood. I want you to re, not dismember, remember. When you do this, our eye come back together. When we are together in covenant, God begins to demonstrate something of his power and his kingdom, his mercy, and his grace. Just like some of you demonstrated grace and mercy for your brothers and your sisters. You took your time, hard-earned effort, and you said, here, because I want you to be complete. And Jesus said, give and it shall be. Come on. How? What else? And what else? Good God Almighty. There is a blessing in what you did. How many of you uh, shared in the need of those who were standing? Raise your hand if you shared in the need of those. Leave that, leave that hand up. Father, I just thank you that you would cause an immediate, not just return, but an immediate increase because they did it. Let, let it be a demonstrable miracle in Jesus' wonderful name. And the church said amen.
So in a moment now, we're going to eat this bread and we're going to drink this cup. And Jesus is prophesying because he's declaring what's about to happen to him. We just celebrated two weeks ago his resurrection. By the way, you don't, no one can get an inheritance until the, in, in, until the one who is writing it dies. You don't get the inheritance until the giver dies. Jesus knew it. He's sitting around the table with his disciples, his most trusted. And he said, you know, basically he said, I want you to drink this because I'm about to die. And I want what's in me to be in you. And so when you look in, at the crucifixion, which we were celebrating, not just the crucifixion, but when you look at it, it is horrendous. It's horrible. Mel Gibson did the best job he possibly could do, but he couldn't do, he couldn't do justice to the crucifixion or the actors would be dead. Because it was that dastardly. I think I rehearsed this with you a week or so ago. The, the Greeks created crucifixion, but the Romans perfected it. They kept a man alive as long as possible while he suffered the most. So you had to, you had to, <laughs> hell must have thought of this. <laughs> you, have to, you have to pull up and push down on the nails in your feet and pull up nails in your hand just to get a breath. So the fact that he was talking and saying what he was saying on the cross, the soldiers were looking up like, what? Jesus pushed down, Allah, 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 sabach in the knee. Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? He's, he's got that sentence comes out of him after all he suffered in those last 18, 24 hours. He pushes up one more time. He said, Mother, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. He's taking care of relationships lost because it's a covenantal thing. He's pushing down, he's pulling up, he's hurting himself, saying for you and me, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. One thief, he's looking, he said, I can't believe. He said, this man has done nothing. The thief looks at him and says, he said, would you remember me? I never did anything good. No, nothing good, but will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? Jesus, he said, this day you will be with me <laughs> in paradise. Great God from heaven. I read it again. I read it again and again. I read it again this morning. You know what the soul, you should read what the soldiers did. The soldiers are around, they're looking at this. They know, they have done this a hundred times. They know how that goes. And that to, for him to do what he was doing, by the time he said, it is finished. Who, he says, into your, into, into your hands do I commend.
my spirit. And the Bible says, and he, you know what the next verse is? The soldier said, surely this is the son of God. I'm rehearsing this today because I want you to understand what covenant has done for you. And what it means for us to partake of this meal. How it makes us one. It defies politics. It spits in the face of blackism. It stomps out white supremacy. It takes the two, brings them together, makes them one. Good God Almighty. Now, it redefines what a brother and what a sister. Look at, your, look at the person next to you saying, I don't care, you're still my brother. You, you don't look as good as me, but you're still my brother. You're, st you, you're still my sister. <laughs> good God Almighty. Man, you mean to tell me? You mean to tell me when I believe and when I drink and I eat this? Yeah, it makes you, come on, one. Redirects your actions, redirects your thinking. Now you don't just, you don't, now you quit pushing up on the sister. Because she's a sister. Not a sister, she's a sister. Now you quit, now you quit, now you quit enticing the brother. It's a whole different ball game now. Because he's now my brother. And you never tongue your brother. I'm trying to help you today. So before you take this cup and before you eat this bread, uh, Paul said, I want you to get your heart right with the Lord. And if you've committed any sins, I want you to submit that to God and, and to his saving, forgiving power by confession and say, Lord, I'm done with that. You said, I'm not good enough to take this meal. No one is. No one is. So we had better, we had better go the way of grace and faith. I want you to bow your heads for a moment as our ushers come. And in bowing your head, I want you to reconsider your place in the body of Christ. Some of you are wondering generalities. You're not a meaningful specific yet because you go wherever you're comfortable, not where God set you. God sets in the body as he sees fit. And I want you to reconsider that. That one of the most important things in your life is where God sets you in his family. He takes a solitary people and puts them together in a family, the Psalms says. And that's very real to God. And if you've committed any sins against your brother or your sister, I want you to go with that before the Lord. I want you to get that right. And whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do, I want you to do it. Because you see, when you do this, and you drink this, and you eat this, then see, healing is yours. Forgiveness is yours. You, when you eat, when you come into covenant, all that you lack gets fulfilled. You'll have the faith to draw upon all that you need 
once repentance is fulfilled. Father, in the name of Jesus, this cup, I raise this cup before you and the cup of this covenant being your blood, which was shed for many. This bread, Father, I bless in the name of Jesus as your body, which was ripped and torn for many. That we might be whole, that we might become the avenue of healing, that we might become the avenue of blessing. That all that you wrote that is ours would now come to those who believe. I praise your holy and righteous name for all that you have done. There is nothing that we can give you to compare to what you've done. So we give you our lives. Our lives, which are not our own, for we have been purchased with a price. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, allow us to glorify you in our bodies. I'm so grateful, Lord. I am grateful. For what you have provided. We are never alone again. My God. Look at your neighbors and your brothers. From now on, you are never alone. God never intended you to be alone. You might be single, but you're not alone. So quit acting like it. In a moment, we're going to we're going to drink this and eat this together, and then we're going to pray. Those of you that are wrestling with things that have been, you know, God has given us some incredible healing restoration during our times of communion. May the Lord do so for you. Who can stand against the Lord? No one can. No one will. Who can stand against the Lord?
can stand against the flow like a river let cleanliness and holiness come upon your people I thank you in Jesus name let's commune together are free. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to Him. Father, I thank you and I praise you this day. I thank you for every person that has a need that has gone unmet because we are in covenant at your table. Not because we deserve it, but because your grace has provided it. I thank you, Lord, for cleansing from every wicked and evil way. We are your people. We are the sheep of your pasture. You are our king. We are your sons and daughters. We are your ambassadors. Thank you for sanctifying us, cleansing us, and making us whole placing us in the body as you see fit giving us a gift a grace and an anointing thank you Lord for a powerful increase in the name of Jesus Christ all God's people said all God's people said if your hands are free clap your hands and just give him praise right there where you stand Lord, we love you, we thank you, we bless you. The glory belongs to you. You did it and we say amen. Hallelujah.